0: We've been looking at these Songs of Ascent and enjoying them. And I'm excited to be preaching through them because I genuinely feel they are timely for us as a church in the sense that we are being mobilised and encouraged and reminded that we are on mission for God. We are a pilgrimage people, as it were. We're on a journey. And that journey is a continuous one. It will keep going and going. And be it day by day, week by week, month by month, We can expect to hear from God, hear him speaking to us, encourage us, equip us, and tell us what it is that he's got planned for us. And that's what it is to be a pilgrimage people, to be a people who are on mission together. And so, as you know, these songs or psalms would have been sang or spoken to the people of Israel as they were on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They would have sung them together. Sometimes priests would have imparted them, spoken them over the people of Israel, and we hopefully are also being encouraged by these psalms as we hear them and listen to them to stir us on in our journey as well so let's read psalm 128 blessed are all who fear the lord who walk in obedience to him you will eat the fruit of your labor blessings and prosperity will be yours your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house your children will be like olive shoots around your table Yes, this will be the the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. So, there's definitely a family feel to this psalm as well, just like the one before it. But there are also some sort of quite big statements in there, things to get hold of. Some big subjects that are breached, that are touched on. I'm going to do my best to look at some of those as we go through this psalm. Um, I'm not going to be able to give you a complete uh, overview of every single subject that's in here because it's, there's a lot in this psalm. But the main thing, the main thrust here is, is looking at family, is looking at the heart of what it is to be a husband, what it is to have a family that is prosperous and blessed. But to set that in its context, we're going to start with verse 1 and 2. Now, am I all right, or is, this, is it loose connection? I know. We're having a few um, technical issues today, as you may have noticed. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. If it keeps banging, I'll swap to the handheld just so you're not distracted, or I'll shout or something. So verse 1. Blessed are all who fear the Lord and walk in obedience to him. Okay. So if there are ever two sort of phrases or statements at the beginning of a message
1: that could potentially put people off, I'm gonna swap. I know. Hello. (laughs) We're on. Okay. Verse 1. Blessed
0: are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. So, two phrases that can put people off in a message. Fear and obedience. Fear, because, well, as soon as you start talking about fear, people get scared. Obedience, well, we live in a culture that very much so thinks you're crazy if you start talking about obedience. It's quite a self-centred culture that we live in in the UK, quite, um, as it were, all about me, what I want to achieve, what I think is right. You can do what you want, but really, I'm I'm the boss of my life, so I'm not going to be obedient to anyone. But actually, biblically, fearful and obedient are incredibly important and correct phrases to use in describing a Christian. If you are described as being fearful of God and obedient, that's a good thing. Culturally, you might think, hmm, that's not a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm my own man, I'm doing my own thing. But no, actually, as Christians, we want to be described as those who fear God, those who walk in obedience to Him. So, what is the fear of the Lord? Fear of, or words like that described in description of God in the Bible, appear at least 300 times in Scripture. There are a lot of references, so brace yourself, they're just going to come up on the screen now. We're not going to go through all of them, but we are going to hit quite a few. Because it's important to see what this description of the fear of the Lord actually means. What does it mean? Is it just a reverence of God? Often we, we kind of put it to that, oh, the fear of the Lord is just... Respecting him, isn't it? Well, actually, it's much wider than that. So buckle in. We're going to read some scriptures together and have a little bit of a look at some of other examples of when we read about fear of God and the circumstances that we find them in. So, just like the psalm that we're reading today, often the fear of the the Lord comes with blessing, or you are blessed if you fear the Lord. So Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord, how blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Psalm 115, verse 13. Don't worry if you don't keep up with all these, you don't have to. (laughs) Super fast typing fingers. He will bless those who fear the Lord, the small together with the great. Luke 1, verse 50. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Sometimes... Fearing the Lord can have a certain effect on what you do, like breaking the law. Exodus 1:17. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. It's a quality that's looked for in leaders. So in Exodus 18, 21. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. The fear of God also enabled people to care for others. So, Leviticus 19, verse 14. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God, I am the Lord. Same chapter, verse 32. Stand up in the presence of the aged. Aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God, I am the Lord. And Jesus also encourages us, doesn't he? To fear God instead of things, well, fear God instead of things that can harm us in the world. In Matthew 10, 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And in Psalm 34, verses 8 to 14, we get taught that the fear of God is a good thing, and it also produces good things. And it helps us to do good things. So Psalm 34, 8 to 14. Nearly done with reading all these scriptures out. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Quite a few scriptures there. Hopefully, what that did is give you a little bit of a broader spectrum or idea of, of how the fear of the Lord produces different things. How it's used to describe people who are going after him who are godly. God is bigger and scarier than anything <laughs> Often you might not hear him described like that But that he is, he is mighty He is big He is to be feared Because the alternative is to fear something else Is to fear man Or to fear circumstance And if we fear other things other than God Then that is when we get trapped and pulled away from the goodness of God because he
1: is the only one that is worth being afraid of. In Philippians two twelve, it talks about how we can work out our salvation
0: with fear and trembling. I want to just do a little, well, not a disclaimer, but put it in its context. What I'm talking about here in terms of blessing, when I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, this is not something that produces salvation. This is something that is a fruit of salvation. If you are his, you can fear him. Fearing him and being blessed by him are a result of working out our salvation. Our salvation is secure. Our salvation is final in Christ. And as a result of that, we can know him. And if we know him, we're going to fear him because of who he is. Because of his mighty hand. Again, it can feel a bit uncomfortable. Hang on a minute. Doesn't the Bible say that perfect love casts out all fear? I'm sure I've heard that verse quoted somewhere before. Tom, what are you saying? Actually, yeah, it does. But not the fear of the Lord. When we turn from looking to him, I think Dan mentioned this recently as well. It's, it's a case of holding God, esteeming God as God. And when we put him in his rightful place, when we view him for who he is, we can know his awesome, amazing, all-consuming love. It says, doesn't it, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But knowing the love of God brings wisdom to completion. Having the fear of God produces and helps you know the love of God because you see him for who he is. His character and how much he has blessed us. So verse 2, that was just verse 1 by the way, you will eat the fruit of your labour, blessings and prosperity will be yours. So, one of the fruits of fearing God is that you want to work. Oh no, it's
1: talking about working again.
0: This is also a good fruit. Believe it or not, it is one of the reasons we were created, it's one of the purposes that God made us. Genesis 2:15. "The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. God created us to work. It's, it's in our DNA, as it were, and so to work is actually being blessed. To have purpose, to have work, to have something to labor in, blesses us. The opposite, again, is being idle, is being lazy. And there is no blessing that comes from that. There is no fruit that comes from that. So to not have work is to not have purpose. And as the people of God, we have been brought into his kingdom. We have been given purpose. So whatever you're doing, be it serving in the church, earning money, taking care of the households, work at it heartily. As though you're working for God. Not for the favour of men. Just like the slaves were encouraged to do in Colossians 3.23. And you'll be blessed. So those are some general applications at the beginning of this psalm. We can all be encouraged by them. We can all take hold of them. And actually it sets the tone for what the writer is about to say about family. What he's about to say specifically to husbands. So generally I want to encourage you all. Fear God. Know his purpose over your life. Enjoy the work that he's given you. And know the blessings that come from that. The blessings that come from viewing God for who he is in the light of his wonderful work of salvation. And now, I'm going to make a very specific application as the psalm moves on. And I'm going to talk to a very specific group of people in this room. Husbands. The Psalm now moves on and directly addresses you. So I'm speaking to you, wives, single people. Please do listen in and encourage your husbands or pe- people you know to be husbands to hear and to listen and hopefully be encouraged. This is also for you. You can your house groups. You can say, "Did you hear what he said?" Hey, what about husbands? But I'm speaking right to you now, husbands. So please listen up. Verse three: Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. In the descriptive words used here of two different plants, we've got vine and olive shoot or olive tree or whatever it is. Very often those are used in scripture together. They're describing plants that have... Great fruit that comes from them. They are plants that have also longevity. They live for a long time and ongoingly produce fruit. And they were plants that in Israel were often used in sacrifice and things like that. So they were very important plants. They would have meant a lot in terms of a descriptive word we might think, vine? Not entirely sure if that's a if that, is that a compliment for a woman? <laughs> to be a fruitful vine? Yes it is. It is very much so a compliment. Husbands, we want Wives, that are fruitful vines. So I've got some questions. Husbands,
1: how is your wife? How's she doing? Is she a fruitful vine? How are your children? Are they olive shoots around your
0: table, if you've got children? Again, you're like, olive oh, shoots around the table? I'm not entirely sure what that is. It's talking about your children growing in the knowledge of God, being fruitful, full of life, vibrant. Is that a reality for your household? Is there bliss around the dining table? (laughs) Probably not. Is there chaos around the dining table? Quite often. That can be quite bliss, can't it? Domestic bliss. These are really important questions. The fear of the Lord in our marriages... Will lead to such blessings as these. And we can take hold of that in faith. We can believe what these scriptures are saying here. To fear God, to put Him central in our marriage, to go after Him, to seek Him, to make Him the head, that will bless your families. But quite often, we do see marriages that are struggling. And it doesn't feel right, does it? It, I hope you get this sense as well. As the body of Christ, when we see something that we know is is not right, it doesn't feel right, it's not biblical, we want better for someone, we mourn with each other. So I mourn when I see that there are, are marriages that are struggling. It's a reality and people get through things and work through things, that will be ongoing. But as the body of Christ, I mourn for that. And so brothers who are husbands, men who are looking to be husbands, Encourage one another. Mourn with one another. If it's not going well, if your wife is not a fruitful vine, if you're struggling, get the fear of God in your life. Speak to a brother. Speak to someone else. Say, guys, I need some help. I've, I've taken my eyes off the ball.
1: My wife, she, it's, she's not fruitful. She's downcast or whatever it might be, the opposite to being a fruitful vine. I want to encourage you to read Ephesians 5, 21-33 in your
0: own time, husbands. Hopefully that will be a reasonably familiar passage to you. Study it. Know it. And apply it in your marriages. Know what it is to love. Know what it is to provide. Know what it is to protect. Know what it is to fulfil your biblical role as a husband. And I speak to myself in this. This is not me standing up here as a perfect husband saying, come on lads, put your finger out, come on, be a better husband. No, together we want to know the fear of the Lord in our marriages because he views these marriages as precious And we want to view our marriage as precious. We want to put effort into it. We want to put work into it because we want our marriages to be fruitful. This is God's heart for us. This is his heart for our marriages. And if you feel stuck, there is a way through. If you feel, I can't resolve this, there is resolution. Start to talk to people. Start to pray with people. Start to study the word. Know your role as a husband. Be convinced of it through scripture. Be countercultural. Be biblical. I want to impart that to you. Fear God, men. That is more important than anything else in your marriages. Is to fear God. Put him at the center. Some of the common traps we fall into, instead of fearing God, we can fall into self-reliance. Rather than trusting God, believing him, we think we'll handle this. It happens all the time. I'll provide I'll protect I'll be the one to make this work no another trip trip up pitfall problem (laughs) it's passivity passivity as men sometimes we have very capable wives praise God fruitful vines okay very, very capable, awesome women of God in this room. Amen? Amen. Seriously, we are blessed as a church. We have some incredible women. The danger for us is that we might be married to such an incredible woman who is so capable that we become totally passive. And we go, actually, come in from work or whatever, and a common sort of phrase might be, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear.
1: Just letting them handle everything. It's, it's avoiding responsibility. Don't avoid responsibility. So, husbands, I'm nearly finished with husbands. I'm going to move on in a minute. <laughs> Fear God. Seriously, I'm, this has really encouraged me as I've been,
0: I've been reading this. And I say encouraged, also terrified me. I I genuinely have felt the fear of God coming on me for my marriage because I want to take it seriously. I want my wife to be blessed and I want her to be a blessing. I want my family to be blessed. I want that nice olive shoot vibe around the dinner table. (laughs) And I know that by fearing God, putting him in the centre, that is going to produce that fruit. It's going to produce that fruit. And that might mean sacrificing other things. It might mean... Like Dan was so wonderfully encouraging us, wasn't he? About having the right view of work. Making sure that we're available and we're there when we're home. That we're not just all consuming ourselves with other stuff. The self-reliance thing again. Being attentive. Being loving. That's my heart. I hope you hear it. I hope you're encouraged and I hope you're stirred, men. To seek after God for your marriages. And I'm sure you'll have nice car journey homes where those questions can be asked of you again. Or you can ask your wife, how are you feeling? Are you fruitful, vineage? <laughs> I'm making words up. Seriously, talk to each other. Ask the question. Wives, ask your husband. you fearing God? How are you doing? Am I being a bit controlling? If I am, I want to submit to you.
1: Anyway, sorry, I addressed, addressed wives there. Sorry, I was only meant to be addressing husbands. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. So the beginning of this psalm, there was a wonderful way to end that psalm. Bless you. It's basically what he's saying. Thank you. Bless you, Helen. Fruitful vine.
0: Fruitful, Fruitful vine, vine, Mike. There you go. <laughs> Should we ask Helen? Um, <laughs> bless you. There's an impartation that's coming from the end of this psalm. May the Lord bless you. God loves to bless. I don't know if you picked this up. Maybe you've just got stuck with fear and obedience. God loves to bless. He has blessed you. If you're in Christ, he has blessed you. From the moment you were saved, right the way through into eternity, you are blessed. You are his. You are going to be with him forever. And hopefully that puts something in your heart for his heart of the church. Which is, we want to be like the psalmist at the end here, speaking and praying and imparting blessing on the church. That's my heart for you. I want to pray will you be blessed, brothers and sisters? Will you know blessing in your life? Will we know as the church, blessing on the church, fruitfulness in the church? Because we want to see God's kingdom advancing, we want to see his people thriving. We want to see God's people knowing his provision, knowing his peace, knowing his power. He has saved us. He secures us in his love. He sends the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, to give us power to be his witnesses. And he enables us, in the fear of him, to live out our lives as a blessing to the world around us. Families, I want to pray for you. May God bless you. Grandparents, any grandparents in here? Good. You've seen your children's children. You're blessed. You're blessed. Parents. Any parents? Quite a few more. May you also see your, par- your children's children, not your parents' parents, that'd be weird. <laughs> it's still a blessing though, isn't it? <laughs> I want to impart that. I want to pray that. I believe that. With all my heart, I believe God wants to bless his church. Do you believe that? Yeah? Then pray for your brothers and sisters. Believe that by praying for your brothers and sisters, they will be blessed. And don't worry if you see trial and hardship and famine and despair and pain and difficulty. Those are all going to come. In the midst of it, we can believe for blessing. In the midst of whatever we face, we can know God loves to bless. And he will bless. And he will hold us in his arms. So, I'm going to end. In a moment we're going to pray. We're going to see where it goes. May the fear of the Lord in all its goodness be upon us. (laughs) As we come to worship him. As we come right now and we're going to sing a song. If Mike, you can get a song ready. I just want to encourage husbands, as we sing this song, just take a moment in quietness just to think. Ask yourself those questions. Is the fear of the, God, is the, fear of the Lord on my marriage? And if, it, and if not, I want it. I want it. For those of us in general, are you fearing God? That is the best thing for you. To not fear God means you're fearing something else, means you're putting something else as esteemed, as more important. And I want to pray that you will know the fear of God in your life and know the blessing that comes with it
1: as you esteem him. Let's sing.